Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Preacher fans, the only dudes who could ever teach me were some guys who were preacher fans. Yes, they were. They were. Oh, yes, they were. That's a podcast theme right there. Welcome to Preacher Man, a podcast about AMC's show Preacher. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I am Pete. And where? Oh, are you singing the praises, the angelic praises of yourself, Pete? Is that what you were doing? No, I'm just happy to be doing a preacher podcast. It's uh, it's very exciting for me. You, you got the voice of a choir boy, Pete, uh, and the fashion sense. What? And the life goals. Well, um, I don't know. Now I'm confused. I was, you know, fashion sense. I was like, do they wear like I was thinking like the black and white collar? That's kind of like Punisher colors, but. That's stretching it. Punisher colors, yeah. Punisher colors. Uh, well, we're talking about the third, maybe second episode of Preacher titled The Possibilities. Uh, this is, I think it's fair to say this is very much a middle episode where the first two, there were some random elements here and there as they're setting up stuff for the season. This is a lot of, this feels like a lot of middle stuff in this episode. Do you guys agree? Yeah. Sure. It definitely feels like it's just some setting up, but also a lot of like hanging out with the information we've gotten so far in the show. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, setting up a lot of, and since I haven't read the comics, setting up a lot of mysteries that I have no idea about. Yeah, if anything, this feels like the Spider-Man just got his powers and now he's trying out swinging on a rooftop episode of the show, but for yeah. Jesse's powers. And that, to me, feels like that's the function of this episode. It's not the only thing that happens in this episode. Um, incorrectly, on our last podcast, I spoiled a scene that happens in this episode, so I do want to apologize about that. Uh, I know. Our- but, uh, I think you need to do seven hail podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Our blessed iTunes, who aren't in PowerBook, is that in how cloud. In cloud. Art in cloud. Art in cloud. That's much better. Uh, well, let's talk about the stuff that happens in this episode. Or just to give a little bit of recap in case it's been a while since you watched the show, you happen to tune into this episode, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Jesse is the preacher uh, at a very small, very unsuccessful church. He gets invaded by some sort of power that seems to give him the ability to either suggest things to people or force people to do things. Uh, His ex-girlfriend, Tulip, has showed up in town. She wants him to do something 
it's probably violent, probably illegal, going back to their old history, seemingly before he was a preacher. Uh, and there's also a vampire named Cassidy who is best friends with Jesse and just kind of hanging out. Uh, last episode, he killed a bunch of dudes who were trying to take the thing, whatever it is, out of Jesse, uh, except they didn't die. So that's <laughs> what you missed last time on Glee, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what we're talking about. Oh, no, yeah. Smash. Sorry, oh, Smash. Yeah, oh, great show. I would definitely do a Smash podcast. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Oh, man. Yeah. Come on, because guys. Because no one demanded it. Let me be your star. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Yeah. yeah, we don't know what that is. Yeah. Um, oh, you weren't, you weren't one of the three to five people that watched Smash when it was on NBC? Hulk Smash? Yeah, Hulk Smash. Uh, that is another show that I watch. Uh, well, let's kick it off. So, uh, top of the episode is another one of these cold opens like we got last week, um, or last episode, rather, with Tulip getting a bunch of information, and that's pretty much it. What do you, what do you think was going on here? What did you think about this opening? Again, pretty mysterious. At least we knew who Tulip was, but that woman is just sucking down that cigarette. She's loving that cigarette. Um, so I'm curious what's up in her life. And, and so now like, but this is again, more information where it's like, who's Carlos? Why is there like, why do we need to find him? Yeah. I don't know. I think we'll probably find out later on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we might never, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, again, if you are just tuning in, uh, Justin hasn't really watched the show before and hasn't read the comics. Pete and I both have, so we're in the rare situation of Pete lording it over Justin. So <laughs> You're really rubbing it in so much, Pete. Oh, come on. You're like a vengeful god. No, that's, I mean, I wouldn't say that. I'm just You're like a, an Old Testament god, Pete. Wow. Uh, I would just say I'm, I, I'm enjoying the fact that uh, I rarely get to sit in this chair that is above you. And I'm enjoying the view is all I would say. It's pretty nice, right? It's, I usually sit in that chair. Yeah, you're usually sitting in this chair. So it's nice that you let me sit in it a little bit. Yeah. And I don't like sitting on the old Pete stool. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Pete stool. My face doesn't even meet the table. Yep. Yep. Now, I don't know. Do you guys want to keep talking about Tulip? Because there's a couple of other things that happen with her in the episode. Or we could get over and talk about Jesse a little bit because they do intersect at a certain point. What do you guys think? Uh, Pete, you love Tulip the most and you hate Jesse. I do love Tulip. I don't want to hate Jesse. I just think that, uh, I mean, I also really, I really love Jesse too. The the casting's phenomenal. Uh, And I think both actors are doing an amazing job bringing this comic to life. But uh, yeah, dealer's choice. I mean, I'm I'm fine either way. Uh, you know, tulip is magical. Right, well, uh, let, let's keep talking about the tulip thing a little bit because I think this is what sets up, not sets up, but this is what deals with the theme of the episode in a less specific way than what's going on with Jesse, which is, it, to me, it was the power of persuasion, right? It's different yeah. people convincing different people to do things in different yeah. ways. Uh, and Tulip later on gets pulled over by a cop and she does the whole classic putting the ring on the finger, doing a sob story and mm-hmm. eventually gets the cop to let her go. And I'll say 
I know you get angry at me for saying this, Pete. I've been a little iffy on Tulip just because I found the way that Ruth Negat has been playing her is kind of broad. And to me, it'll what do you mean by broad? Like she's a woman? Nope. <laughs> nope. No, that's not what I meant yeah, at all. She's playing it like a real broad. Yeah, you know what like I mean? Real gabs up to here. I don't know what you mean when you say broad. I mean cartoony. I think it's been a, the show is you know not subtle, but there's been something about her performance that it. How dare you, <laughs> you fucking bastard! She is not cartoony. She is. A I've powerful enjoyed her, but this is the one weirdly where I felt like I started to understand her, even though she was lying the entire time. Good. I'm glad you finally connected to the character. Jesus Christ, Pete. Is this is this are, are the is the position me and Justin are in right now? Is this what you feel like all the time? Yes. Welcome to my fucking world. Frustrating, isn't it? Hey, what a why is Pete so angry? I don't know. <laughs> uh, the the reason that I started to understand with the scene, I, I think, is because what I got was the previous two episodes. We've been watching Tulip put on a performance in the same way that she's yeah. doing that for the cop. Uh, right. She's been doing that all along, and that's why she has been so cartoony, why she has been so over the top. It's not because Tulip is that way. It's because she's putting on a front the entire time. Yeah, because yeah. she feels like she's this fake per- version of herself in front of Jesse's new life, you know? Well, I get, I think she's trying to be like this good girl. Uh, yeah. So that she can get Jesse to go do whatever this bad thing they need. Yeah. To go she's do. mocking Jesse to his face a little bit. Well, I don't think she's mocking him. I think she's trying to like sort of sweet talk him a little bit the same way. She sweet talks this cop. Uh, by the way, whenever I put on the wedding ring, the cop does not let me go. Oh, uh, so oh, wow. that doesn't always work. Well, it works with me. Where okay. where are you putting on the ring? Yeah. I put it in uh, just right around my tongue, sort of slide <laughs> onto my tongue. And I'm like, hey, Mary. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, that, I don't know why that isn't working. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that seems pretty reasonable to me. And then I proposed to the cop. Uh-huh. Did he say yes? Uh, well, first off, it was a she, Alex. Get uh, with the modern times. <laughs> <laughs> Women can be cops now. Oh, I see. Not get with the modern times. Men can marry women now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I don't even anyway. know. I don't know what we're uh, talking about anymore. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about Jesse. So uh, we get this training sequence where he's trying out his power on Cassidy, and this is. This is just delightful because Cassidy yeah. is enjoying being controlled so much. It's just such a fun yeah. way to he play that it. scene. He loves yeah. it. He loves dancing around like a puppet. But I think that also says something about Cassidy, right? Yeah, he's yeah. very much a man who lets the wind take him in the pilot episode, literally, uh, wherever he needs to be next. Um, and so the fact that he can just give in and let Jesse tell him what to do in like in these fun, exciting ways. Yeah. He's on board. I, I really enjoy like, as far as when somebody's being a vampire, this is just a, such a fun take on it. Like such a fun, free vampire who is just kind of enjoying where he is and what he's doing. And instead of like working on his mission or when he made that phone call at the bar or whatever, and kind of worried about if people are going to discover him, he's just having fun. He's having a great time. And I, I just always enjoyed 
the way uh, this character was written and and far as acted, it's just really fun. Yeah. Uh, well, cool. Uh, we you guys want to talk about Fiori, Fiori and De Blanc, who also they just have a, like a little bit in this episode. Cassidy meets up with him again and is kind of surprised because he thinks they're clones. Um, so I thought that was a funny to have him guess wrong about what they are. I thought it was a funny, funny yeah. Thing. That was great. The, all of the stuff with them was great. Them talking to the sheriff as well. They're just such, their delivery is so weird. They're clearly pretending to be human. And it's <laughs> yeah. like, it's like three kids stacked up together trying to sneak into an R movie. That's what it feels like mm-hmm. watching them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're like coneheads or like some like slightly goofy alien group just barely making it as humans. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, oh, go ahead, Pete. I was just going to say, yeah, it's really just fun because you're not rooting for them at all, you know, but uh, there is such a like funness, innocence thing about them that you, you can't help enjoy when they're on screen. Yeah. Uh, they're also not great at fighting. Yeah. <laughs> no, so well, that's also fun. Well, I feel like if you can constantly survive dying, you don't have to get good at fighting, right? Yeah. I don't know. I would try. So you don't Yeah, try. I would think Fight it would be well. an important skill set, yeah. If you live for, like, forever, like, you got some time to work on your hobbies. I don't know. There's a lot of TV to watch. Believe me, I know. <laughs> I'd be good at fighting if not for Preacher Season 2. Oh, man. Oh, man. All right. Well, we should probably talk about Donnie. So uh, we mentioned this last episode of the podcast, but Donnie is one of those characters that's kind of there, and but just there, and it's not clear why he's there. This episode, I think it becomes clear why he's there. You know, he came off as a bully and an asshole the first couple of episodes. Yeah. Here, you know, as is typical of bullies, he is the person who is being bullied. He's being bullied by Mr. Ken Cannon. Um, he feels bullied by his life, and it drives him to attack Jesse, which, given that Jesse tore his arm apart in the first episode, seems pretty re- reasonable, to be honest. Wait, you're on the bully side all of a sudden? Shut up, dork. Just because... Oh, uh, that again. Uh, just because... You know, uh, now you get to see how hard his life is. You're going to be sympathetic to that piece of shit. Yeah. Well, and to be fair, like the the violence that his son reported to Preacher was like this consensual relationship he has with his wife. Yeah, but he still, you know, was a complete douche. Well, I'm not saying he's like my my main man, but uh, okay. I feel like he it does like you can sympathize with him a little bit that his life is not going well and he's gets made fun of by like a bunch of kids. All right, you're you're right. I'll give it to you. Cool. Thanks. Yes. Thanks. Finally, a win. <laughs> uh, and uh, we get the scene though of Jesse forcing Donnie to stick a gun in his mouth, which again <laughs> I thought was. I don't, why are you laughing at that? Why, that's really sad. Really fucked up, Pete. What? Yeah. Like not not a ha ha suck it moment, which is what for our show. Oh man, really? You guys didn't love that scene? No, it's a good intense scene. It's well done, but yeah. the idea 
we've seen how Donnie goes on a bus and kids laugh at him. He's not living his best life. He's not living a good life. He's trying to take it out on Jesse. And the idea he's that not, he's not YOLO or he's more like FOMO. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hashtag, yeah. Cool. Hashtag. What, na- what is FOMO? Fuck my life? Nope. Nope. That would be <laughs> FML. <laughs> that's, that's an easy question to answer, Pete. <laughs> Pete, you just got demoted from the high chair. Ah, uh, I, I knew it was still. coming. I knew it was coming. I never last long in the high chair. Yeah. You're uh, a baby. So, I mean, this this scene says a lot about Donnie, but it also says quite a bit about Jesse in terms of how far he's willing to go. You know, he's getting a sense of his power. He's seeing how far he can push it. But even with Donnie pulling a gun on him and maybe going to kill him, he's not going to kill Donnie, you know? Uh, yeah. Yes, but he does like he almost does maybe. Yeah, but like, you gotta you gotta kind of you know in those situations flex a little bit and be like, listen, you know, people might be feeling sorry for you, but fuck you and your bullshit. I will still murder you. <laughs> I won't, but you know, I'm gonna get close to it. But to me, it seems like Jesse's killed before mm-hmm. in the in his maybe past. He, maybe he has. It doesn't make him a bad person. Well, no, I'm not. But I'm saying he's trying to repent. That's maybe what this whole preacher and uh church thing is all about maybe maybe but that's what i'm saying like he felt to me like he's killed before and he will again and he's very close to going back on a a whatever promise he made oh look at you somebody's getting closer (laughs) well all i was gonna say is that i think I think in the context of the show right now, the fact that Jesse is not willing to kill Donnie doesn't spell very well for whatever Tulip wants him to do. That if he's not going to kill a guy that has a gun to his head, whatever too bad thing Tulip wants him to do, I don't know if he's going to be able to go far enough, you know? So I would say it seems like Carlos is a much worse dude than Donnie. Donnie, I feel like Jesse, even Jesse, even when he's got a gun pointed at him, he can still feel sorry for Donnie because Donnie, like, is just a mess. While this Carlos guy maybe seems like a pretty solid villain. Yeah. Uh, He's a messed up dude. What else? Anything else you guys want to talk about from the episode? Um, What else happens? Well, one one other thing we can mention, just at the very end, you know, the last episode of the podcast, we talked about how things are getting laid in and paying off really far down the line. We're three mm-hmm. episodes into the season, and it ends with this weird shot as Jesse is giving a eulogy of a vent flying open, emitting some gas, and then shutting down again. Yeah. And nobody ever talks about it. Again, yeah, refers to it. It's a weird shot, but it is something that pays off really far down the line. And again, going through this rewatch, it's really interesting to be like, oh, they threw in this crazy, weird, random thing at the end of the episode and don't pay it off for like six more episodes. That's oh, interesting. Because I read, I read that as because he's saying something about the dead rising, mm-hmm. right. and to me, I thought it was like because it looks like something does come out of the vent. Mm-hmm. I thought it was maybe a manifestation of uh, some sort of uh-huh. d- demon side of the power, like a, something to oppose Jesse. Or I thought it was a joke about gas being released from the earth 
because of bodies decomposing. I mean, that, I think probably the latter is what it is in the context of the episode, but it is something that actually does pay off later yeah. in a certain way. I think they're doing a good job of like looking at, like you said, and Zalvin, maybe I should apologize for jumping down your throat for talking about the yeah. <laughs> season as a whole. They're doing a good job of looking at the big picture and being like, let's make sure we're thinking about the whole season, not just uh, episode per episode, uh, which makes me excited because it, it really makes me think that they aren't rushing episodes, that they're really taking the time to make a show that is great. And I think it's really paying off. Uh, but I would like to say, sorry, uh, there's, Pete, I'm sorry. I didn't want to interrupt you. I just got another call from AMC. They said, based on what you just said, uh, they actually killed Dominic Cooper. They were so upset. Wow. The actor, the actor. Yeah. Wow. AMC is awful. Well, you got to stop saying shit like that, Pete. Yeah, you uh, gotta I'm stop sure. saying that. AMC is Carlos, dude. Uh, can't stop, won't stop. Uh, nice, YOLO, FOMO. Yeah, AMC actually st- stands for always me, Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> no spoilers, Alex. I'm sure. Oh, that's, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Eventually, the the finale of the season is going to be in the AMC offices. Right. He's trying. Uh, Carlos is there. He's uh, green lighting another Breaking Bad spinoff. Yeah, Carlos uh, is like. What are our N plus three numbers looking like? We got, we got to focus on Q4, you guys. Yeah. Uh, what I, about our same day watch? What's our same day watch? What's our N plus three? I, I hate to interrupt this amazing bit, but I would like to talk about a fun running bit that's in this show, uh, is, which is talking about the Tom Cruise funeral. Uh, we saw the two angels watching the funeral on TV, and I thought, like, this is just a fun bit. And I hope this keeps going. Yeah, it's not going to be so fun once Tom Cruise dies for real. Oh, yeah. uh, Jesus Christ. Why well, all I'm ruined? saying is The Mummy did Don't ruin really well. the bit. The Mummy did really poorly in theaters, and I think they're going to have to kill Tom Cruise. Well, maybe it'll do good in, in you know, different markets and it'll make up its money. I mean, it's not over yet. I mean, it just opened. What's right? the L plus seven on it, you know? Like, how is it doing in Q4? Yeah, but have you, I mean, look at uh, Warcraft. I mean, that movie didn't do well in the United States, but it killed in China, so. Who did it oh, kill? Pete, have you been reading the trades? <laughs> <laughs> you really are on the high chair. Are you a big-time Hollywood player these days? I heard that Pete may have nixed six flicks. Yeah. <laughs> What's your shingle, Pete? <laughs> uh, speaking of shingles, let's move on to our next shingle, which is Revelations, where we talk about the big moment in the episode or any outstanding questions, things that you think might be coming up. Uh, Pete, you want to kick this one off? You want to say what your big, f- most favoritist part of the episode was? Um, I mean, I kind of liked in this episode, and it was kind of a smaller thing of like uh, – people piecing things together like there were, people were talking about Jesse and the things that he's doing and like you know you saw people talking about what he's uh you know what he said to the girl to make her eyes open so I think that like I like the small town aspect that came up in this episode that like Jesse is trying to like kind of start f- fresh with this church and do what's right but like people are talking about him and it is kind of like boiling up a little bit. So I liked how we got to see like 
more from Donnie's point of view, we got to see just different uh, kind of perspectives in the town in this episode. Uh, I liked um, the Cassidy being thrown around the room, the workshopping of the voice. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, I want to float a theory. I feel like he... uh, what the the power that Jesse has is the voice of God. Mm-hmm. Is that I'm gonna? That's just something I thought. I don't know. Mm. Again, you guys know, and I don't, which is an infuriating position to be. <laughs> uh, Welcome to my world. Yeah. Well, Pete, but you often have the ability to know. You just don't, <laughs> and I'm purposefully withholding information. Um, I also like the moment um, on the bus where you see. Uh, Linus not recognized the girl. I thought that was like, yeah, well done. Oh man, you stole both of my moments, Justin. Yeah, dog. Yeah. Gotta have a win in here somewhere. (laughs) Oh, sweet. Uh, I guess I'll choose the tulip cop scene as my favorite scene in the episode. Then I just thought that was great. Like I said earlier, I think that was, that was the moment the tulip became president, you know? (laughs) <laughs> I can't believe you. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that, and then you did. <laughs> well, cool. Guys, if you want to support the show and other shows that we do, patreon.com slash comic book club. Um, you can get some nice prizes. Thank you on our shows, etc. Also, we do a live show every single Tuesday night in New York, totally for free at 8 p.m. Um, at the Pit Loft. So come on by. We'll chat Preacher and have a good old time. Pete, what else do you want to plug? Friend us on Facebook so you get to know about all the guests we have coming up on our live show. Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live. Check us out at comicbookclublive.com. And I'm sorry, I just got another call from AMC. Uh, the Preacher's back on. It's back yeah. on. Yeah. Oh, what, a, what a win. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.